Boom. We are live. We are back. Fight Bananas post-fight show here for Sadiq Yusuf versus Edson Barbosa. And what a fight it was in the main event. We got my man here, Blake Schneiders. Mr. Wake and Blake, how you doing, my man? I am fantastic, John. I'll tell you what. I feel like it's been a little long since you and I were both in the same building. You and I have been busy. I just got back from about two weeks in the goddamn Dominican Republic, which was absolutely beautiful. The second that I could have been done, the Dominican, was to be here with my man, John Ramakan, talking a little bit of UFC, baby. Hey, a little bit of UFC, a little bit of the spinning heel kicks to the temples. You know, we just get a little bit of everything tonight. And it was an excellent main event. I think the main event absolutely lived up, if not exceeded the hype. I think um, just the way and the story of the fight, it was absolutely amazing. So for you guys that did not see the fight, we had Edson Barboza versus Sadiq Yusuf. In the first round, Sadiq Yusuf was just on him, right? Putting Edson Barbosa back against the cage, not allowing him to get any kicks off because he was keeping him in boxing distance, and he was just raining down hell on Edson Barbosa. There was a couple of right hands that dropped him and was able to get Edson Barbosa to the ground. Some nasty ground and pound from the top, some ni nice elbows as well. But what did he do wrong in that round? He did not finish... Uh, Edson Barboza. Now, in the second round, that's when the tides started to turn. The strike count was a lot closer, but this is when um, I think Sadiq might have blown out that gas tank in the first round. So, mm -hmm. you know, you saw Edson, instead of being on the back foot as much, he was a little more on the front foot. He was slipping some of those jabs. He was working his way in. Um, and in the third round, that's when just the fight absolutely turned on its head. That's when we saw the spin kick patented by Edson Barbosa. He landed another one. You know it's coming. It's in the highlight reels. You still can't stop it. He lands another one. He drops Sadiq Yusuf. By the grace of God, Sadiq was able to stand and land um, just the last 30 seconds of that fight. In round four and five, Edson started to pour it on um, a little bit more. Those were competitive rounds, but it was really clear that Edson was winning the fight at that point with some beautiful, beautiful body shots, some nice clinch work, some good leg kicks, some good body kicks, and always mixing it up with some excellent spinning attacks. Blake, what did you see and what do you enjoy most about that fight we just saw? Was a, that was a great breakdown overall. I think, obviously, Sadiq Youssef came out with some power right in the first round. He was able to, like you said, keep uh, Barbosa within boxing distance. He knew Edson Barbosa is one of the most notorious kickers in the entire UFC and probably all of MMA history. Um, so he did not want to be another notch on the TKO leg kick belt. Um, so he came in guns a-blazing. Honestly, he was able to catch Edson Barbosa with a couple really heavy, really powerful shots in that first round. And one of the things that I think, I don't think it surprised anybody, but it was just how quickly he was able to get in on Edson. He did not let Edson get comfortable in that first round. Typically, we see fighters kind of feel each other out a little bit, especially in these five-round fights. Um, Yusef has never gone the whole five rounds before, but um, so I wasn't sure what his tactic was going to be, if he was going to play it safe or if he's going to go right at him. Obviously, we saw it go right at him. The thing that was crazy was when he got the, I mean, one, two, two and a half knockdowns-ish, I mean, he had Barbosa on the ropes. It was a Rocky-type fight um, where I was not sure that they were not going to stop that fight. I mean, I really thought, and, and credit to Herb Dean, and I really want to point this out, credit to Herb Dean for not stopping that fight because it would have robbed us of what we ended up witnessing, which was one of the best fights we've seen, and it'll probably go down as – as um, as Chandler said, is one of the best fights 
you know, just a legendary fight, uh, another notch in, in the legendary fight recaps of anything that Edson Barbosa has ever done. Um, I think any other ref might have stepped in in that first round and probably stopped it on that third wobble that Sadiq Youssef landed on Barbosa. He didn't. They were able to let it go. Second round, Barbosa got himself a little bit more. Okay, hey, let me get back to equilibrium, feel myself out, maybe start getting some jabs in there. He landed a couple good jabs, a couple right, uh, right crosses, and started going to the body. We really started seeing him go to that body work, which really – slowed Sadiq Yusuf down over the course of that fight. In the third round, he turned it up all the way to 10. He was able to put um, uh, Sadiq Yusuf's body through the meat grinder, not only with just right hook and left hook combos to the body, some two, three, four hits in a row, but he was able to use that spinning back kick to set up the spinning head kick. He used that back kick to the body two or three or four times um, throughout the fight. And that's what was able to help him set it up because he makes those two kicks look very similar, almost identical to each other. That's why when he threw the head kick on Sadiq in the third round, Sadiq thought it was coming to the body again. And what happened? He had set all that up with all that body work that he thought it was coming back and he was trying to protect himself, was able to picture perfectly clip Sadiq Yusuf's head and at first, I thought it missed him because Barbosa fell down, and it took it took a second for Sadiq to kind of realize he was even hit. And then once he did, all the effects of that head trauma kicked in, and he went down to the ground, grabbing onto the fence. I thought one thing that uh, Barbosa did really well was once he realized, "Hey, I've got I'm back in this game. I'm feeling good. I'm going to back you down. He's going to back his opponent down up against the fence, use the pressure, cut the octagon in half." really try to step in front of him and keep Sadiq on that fence. And I think that's where Sadiq was so vulnerable to those body shots that kept him because he wasn't able to get out in space and he wasn't able to come close to Barbosa because he could just push him right back into that fence. So um, overall, the fight was absolutely fantastic. When Barbosa got the head kick, I think him falling to the ground took a lot more out of him than we all originally thought because then we any other – uh, you know, as a spectator, it's easy to be like, no, 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 don't, don't rush after him. Keep, keep standing on the, uh, keep standing on your feet, go after him, attack him again. Then he kind of tried to take him to the ground instead. And I believe it was because Barbosa at that point was pretty tired in that moment and wasn't quite sure if he could stand up with him still. Um, you know, so, cause I thought he, I thought he could have ended it right there. Just like in the first round when Sadiq got a little gassed and he started throwing some erratic punches. I think Barbosa was already gassed at that point, not obviously over the whole course of the fight, but just at that moment um, from the contact that he made on the ground when he when he slipped. That's why I thought he missed it because it looked like he whiffed. Um, obviously, didn't the man's a pro, the man's a vet, flushed to the head on Sadiq Yusuf. Um, I was a little concerned they might do a draw if they gave him that 10-8 round in the beginning, um, which I wouldn't have been disappointed with. I would not have been very mad had they given the draw because it was a great fight between both fighters, but I was happy to see uh, the comeback kid, Edson Barbosa, get the win in the end for just an incredible main event. Absolutely incredible main event. And like you said, one of your points you made, just an incredible notch in the career of Edson Barbosa. Like, this is a perfect storybook comeback. Like, first round, you get dropped a couple of times, you're on your back, you're getting pounded on. It looks like it's a severe mismatch. Honestly, that first round, Reminded me of uh, Davison Figueredo uh, versus, uh, I'm blanking on this name, but the guy, he, he missed weight initially versus, um, we'll get that. But he beat him up badly. 
Joseph Benavidez. That's who it is. He beat up Joseph Benavidez terribly, and it seemed like a mismatch, right? It almost seemed like the first round of this fight was very similar. The power advantage seemed uh, too much for Edson Barbosa, but when it got into those later rounds, the speed advantage became more evident. And what is it about Edson Barbosa's velocity in his shots that allows for like such a delayed effect in some of these big uh, strikes <laughs> that he lands? This kick against Sadiq Yusuf, the punch that he lands against um, Shane Burgos, right? Like these shots, like you said, it takes a little second for them to reverberate against their spinal or nervous system and then shut back up to their brain and be like, hey, your functions aren't able to be working anymore. But there's something about Edson Barbosa's strikes that is just so devastating that even if there's a second delay, it's still going to shock into the system. I think it was pretty cool, man. I think with Edson Barbosa, with the way his career is going, you don't necessarily set him up with killers. You set him up with some uh, really fun fights. Obviously, Sadiq Yusuf was 11. Edson Barbosa was 13. Um, I mean, who would you like to see? Who, who would be fun for him to be against next? Like, what would be fun? I mean, has he faced? He's faced Giga Chikadze previously, correct? That's what I was just looking up. Um, let's see. Pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, right. But dramatic pause. No, but I think you know. I think for Edson Barbosa, you not necessarily. You know, he's not going to be a title contender at this point. I think just throwing some exciting fights his way um, is the best thing you want to do. You mean you can test some guys coming in. Um, yeah, so he beat Jiji um, Chikadze, beat Edson Barbosa by TKO uh, a couple fights ago. So that may, might not be the best one for him. Um, maybe you can throw Calvin Cater against Edson Barbosa. Um, Calvin Cater is on a two fight losing streak against Arnold and Allen and Josh Emmett. He beat Jiga Chikadze. So um, it would be like a little bit of that MMA transitive math. Like, how is that going to work out? Right. Because wow. he has to win over the other. So that would be an exciting matchup. I, I think I would give the edge to Calvin Cater there. Um, but man, who, who would you probably, or who would you enjoy seeing Edson Barbosa matched up next? I was going to say, I, I like the cater, uh, fight that you brought up. Sorry. I'm looking at this screen, doing my, uh, my research on this screen. Um, I'd also like to see a rematch maybe versus Dan Ige. Dan Ige, uh, got the dub over Barbosa earlier. So maybe a little redemption fight. And he, he is one ahead of him right now. Um, obviously he's probably going to move up a little bit since Sadiq Youssef was at 11 and both, uh, Dan Ige is at 12. So that's probably not going to happen. I just like, I always like to see the redemption fights happen. Um, I like Calvin Cater. I'd even like, I'd even like a Josh Emmett fight, you know, give him, give him a little bit of power combo, see if, see how those matchups work. But, um, I think we're, I think you're kind of on the right track with that. That Calvin Cater at that seven spot looks like right in the sweet zone for him. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like you said, what an absolute fun main event. Shout out to Edson Barbosa for even the amount of fights that he's put in for uh for all of us. He's still doing it. He's still going strong here. Um, I mean, the man has been since 2010 giving us ex- yeah. extremely exciting fights only here in the UFC. Right. So what is that? 13 years now and he's still main eventing. So shout out to Edson Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Still killing it there. Um, I want to kind of just gloss over those couple of fights that I want to really key in on tonight. One of them being um, Adrian Yanez versus Jonathan Martinez, because this was an absolute uh, technical warfare um, from the side of Jonathan Martinez. Like you knew Adrian Yanez being strong with the boxing, his hand speed, right? The, the weight that he puts on the lead leg, it was going to be a lot coming in. Jonathan Martinez came in with the perfect game plan. And he started chopping those lead, that league leg from the inside. It was a Southpaw versus Orthodox matchup for anybody who didn't get to see. And Jonathan Martinez, with that rear kick of his, chopping the inside of Adrian Yanez's legs. And 
I think he dropped him with it about three times until Yanez literally just could not take it anymore. He was up against the fence. He's tried switching southpaw. It seemed southpaw he just wasn't comfortable in or maybe feel like he couldn't end the fight from that southpaw position. But, uh, man, it was a tough night for Adrian Yanez. You would think or hope that after taking the loss he did, um, after having that impressive win streak, that he was going to make a comeback. But for tonight, it belonged to Jonathan Martinez and the excellent performance by him. Breakdown on his performance and, and thoughts on potentially him calling out Marab. Yeah, I think, and, and like, uh, I believe like Michael Chandler said, you know, um, Martinez is not usually one to, to kind of make a bunch of call-outs. But for him to jump all the way up to the top at number two and, and, and call out uh, Marab Dibashili, that was quite a jump. And honestly, is it a little early? Maybe, but the fucking cojones on him to do that, and and especially after a great performance that he had put on in such a technical matchup, like you said, perfectly executed game plan. I'm all for it. I mean, do I think it's going to happen? Like I said, probably not. But I would love to see something like that happen, man. I, I mean, um, the thing that Jonathan Martinez does so well is, is those devastating leg kicks. I saw so many people on Twitter flooding it, saying that uh, Martinez was – was honing in on his own Edson Barbosa-like moments because him, as well as Ed, Edson Barbosa, are now one of only, I believe, three people that have had more than one leg kick TKOs um, within correct. the UFC. That is correct. So, yeah, I know my fucking stuff, John. Come on, gay. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, and, and what was surprised me so much with it was not that he was so technically proficient because we knew that, Adrian Mart- or that Jonathan Martinez – can come in and do that. It was that Adrian Yanez almost looked like he didn't expect it. And you know that he'd been practicing that for how long now? Six, or, you know, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. So all that sparring and he just didn't see it coming. Like it, it, it wasn't that he didn't see it coming or didn't expect it. He did nothing to change his game plan after that first initial drop where he clearly was hurt. It caught him right on the knee in a perfect spot from um, Martinez and he continued to do the same thing and just kept being heavy on that front leg, kept trying to – I get that he was trying to get into boxing range, something that we also talked about in the Barbosa-Yusef fight, but he wasn't able to get there very much and just did not do anything to leg check. I mean, one good leg check on Jonathan Martinez, and that could have been a totally different fight, but it was just – the defense was not there. So we didn't even get to see anything that Adrian Yanez wanted to do with the hands – quite so much because he was too busy trying to, or not trying to block his right leg, Eric Brock block, block, blah, 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 block his left leg. So uh, it was a little surprising on Adrian Giannis. And I know he's disappointed, you know, that was not the performance that he wanted to put on, especially against a tough, uh, a young, tough opponent like that. So it was a little, a little bit of a head scratcher. And I know it's disappointing for Adrian Giannis. So hopefully he can bounce back from that, but what a performance from Jonathan Martinez to come out and just execute to the nines, man. Yeah, man. It was, like you said, perfect performance by him. I, I think the way he was able to uh, just masterfully take down Yanez without having to go through the danger of his boxing, mm-hmm. that was just excellent game planning. And I think um, for him to do that, I, I think just that was just like you said, excellent game planning. And also it's going to set him up for excellent matchups down the line as well. Right. Because he now did he did great management in distance and that, that is really high IQ. If you can keep that up and that can put you up in the dangerous areas. Absolutely. I mean, he's coming off of a win against us uh, previous to Saeed Nurmagomedov, right. Who was 17 and two previous to that fight. Um, he got the win in that one. He got the win tonight. 
I mean, you're looking at a Jonathan Martinez who is currently ranked 11th, but um, could put or uh, 11th? No, 12th. Sorry, currently ranked 13th, but can still, you know, is is a potential danger for the future as a as a contender. I mean, this 135 pound division. I mean, we talk about it all day long, just how deep this division is. So, a couple matchups for you next, or, or for him next. I want to let you. I want you to let me know which one excites you the most, right? So. Obviously, there's the um, matchup with Ricky Simone, right, who just previously lost to Song Yudong, but beat Jack Shore, and I think that was the fight where Jack Shore was undefeated. So that's a potential matchup for him as well. Um, and also, I was looking at uh, potentially um, the option of, where was it? Jonathan Martinez, um, as, or Pedro Munoz, sorry, um, fighting him as well. Because Pedro just lost, <laughs> yeah, UFC 5, Pedro, uh, Jonathan Martinez versus Jonathan Martinez. Um, but Pedro Munoz, um lost to marlon vera right previously um chito of course um i think that'd be a good matchup for him it'd be a fun striking fight pedro is nasty with the leg kicks himself so this would be uh just a fun leg kick affair to see between the two guys which one would you excited which one would excite you the most you nailed it on the head i was eyeballing that number 10 spot pedro munoz as well i think that would have been that would be a very exciting fight um, the other one that I think would be exciting mainly for the story that I think it create is if you throw him into, uh, to another Nurmagomedov in Umar, if you gave him to another or Nurmagomedov and he took down another one, I'll tell you what, you start to become the Nurmagomedov killer. I'll tell you, watch out there guy. He might be the kind of like, um, Oh, what was his name? The Gracie hunter. I'm, why am I blanking on it? Um, oh, I, I know you're talking you know, about, but you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh. He was a great wrestler from Japan, uh, Japanese fighter. Sakuraba. Sakuraba, yes. Sakuraba yeah. became the Gracie Hunter. Watch out. Jonathan Martinez notches another Nurmagomedov under his butt. He might be the Nurmagomedov. He might be the Eagle Hunter, man. So The Eagle Hunter. Go out there and beat. That'd be yeah, pretty man. cool. But no, I think the uh, the Pedro Munoz fight is exciting to me. Um, I think that that is the correct next step to make. Absolutely, man. I think there's some good options there. Let's talk about some of these exciting finishes in this card because we had a couple um, by one of the show friends here, of course, Terrence McKinney, getting that knockout in 20 seconds. So shout out to him for getting that uh, knockout and that comeback win. Hopefully, I think he's got three finishes in under 20 seconds or in under a minute in, in UFC, but he's killing it, man. He's got the fastest finish in the lightweight division. He's got a tons of couple finishes in less than a minute. The boy is killing it out there. But I want to talk about Michelle Pereira, right? Because um, he was able to get the win over Andre Petrovsky. And essentially, it was just one punch, right? One punch down the middle. It was that right hand as Petrovsky was rolling his head. Almost made it to seem to turn into a, a hook effect, even though it was a straight right hand. And with that, new middleweight entry, obviously freshly crowned middleweight champion, um, Sean Strickland with the number one contenders fight between Kamaru Usman and Hamzat Shemaev being next weekend. We're going to break that down for you guys, so make sure you guys check that out. Cheap plug. But <laughs> we have um, Michelle Pereira, man, coming up to 185. That boy, I want to tell you, he looked big, right? He looked yes. like he filled out Massive. good. And that power translated. He was able to knock Petrovsky out. It was a striker versus grappler matchup. Obviously, Petrovsky being a great wrestler that he is, didn't really able to get to start trying to get the takedown because uh Pereira was just able to knock him out real fast thoughts on that fight and thoughts on Michelle as a potential threat at 185 
Uh, as a threat at 185, I absolutely love it. He looked like he was carrying so much weight, but with great weight comes great power responsibility, John. Um, he had obviously showed it today. That was a stretch, but I made it work. Uh, <laughs> um, he showed obviously he can he can bring the power, and like I said, with that extra weight, he looked crisp. He's still obviously that man has so many crazy moves that he does. He moves so awkwardly, but yet somehow poetically within the octagon that you want to watch him fight because you never know what he's going to do. He might do a backflip onto your head and try to stomp you. He might do a cartwheel kick in your face. You just never know what he's going to do. Um, but I loved the performance. Obviously got the quick knockout. The power was there. It was fantastic. It, it was a perfectly executed um, quick knockout that I don't think, I don't think we really expected it to go like that. I mean, Andre Petrosky, he's got power himself. Obviously, a little lower on the the um, the rankings. Well, the rankings, yes, but on the experience, there we go. A lot okay. more, a lot less, a lot less cage time for Petrosky. So um, this was exactly how it should have gone for uh, for Michelle Pereira. Like he needed to come in and, and do it just like that, and he did. I mean, I, I don't think he was. He's not like Scar from The Lion King. He's not playing with his food. Okay, you just go ahead. Quick kill, get it done, on to the next. Absolutely, man. And it was a good performance. Final thing I want to close on here tonight before we get into, I don't know if we have performance bonuses. Let me see if those popped up. Yes. Okay, we do. So we can play our favorite little game. Yes. Bonuses of the night. Nice. Um, but I want to finish off on a strong note with Viviani Arujo beating Jennifer Maya um, at her own game, taking her down, getting her back. It was a very fun competitive fight, right? And I think this is why it was a co-main event because – you had two females that were very similar in style as far as they're going to neutralize some part of each other's game. And it's going to be, uh, you know, you'll see when they're on the feet, that was going to be fun. Once the fight got to the ground, I thought Jennifer Maya was going to have the advantage. I was completely wrong. Viviani Arujo absolutely took over. She got the back. She had the face crank and she was able to get some good ground and pound. Man, she looks really, really good. I know, um, you know, there was a couple losses previous to this one that she was, you know, before getting to this. Um, uh, but, man, she looks really good. And uh, I think she's, you know, looking as far as improvements from her last fight, looking really good. And as far as Jennifer Maya, I think this might have been like the last contender that she could have like tried to get to go to the top. Like, I don't see Jennifer Maya making it back to, you know, facing a, a Shevchenko and catching her off guard and getting her on her back for a round. And he's like, oh, this might be an interesting fight. You know what I mean? So um, I think shout out to Viviani Arujo. I think it was a great performance. Um, thoughts on her. And um, I'll definitely break down some matchups for you next. So break down that fight and what you saw on, on Viviani Arujo. Uh, you you kind of hit the, hit the nail on the head when you said she beat her at her own game. She was able to not only beat her, but she annoyed the shit out of Jennifer Maya. The fact that she was able to get her back constantly. I mean, it felt like she was wearing her as a backpack this almost almost the whole fight. Um, obviously, when they were on their feet, they, tra they they were trading in the first round a couple big blows to the face from both women. Um, but then Viviana said, I'm not, I'm not playing around anymore. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to attack you where I think you're vulnerable. I think she saw something on film that she said, I know I'm better than you at this exact thing. I can get you in a position where I can grab your back. You're not going to know what to do, or not that you're not going to know what to do. You're just not going to be able to execute when I'm pestering you. Constant movement from behind. She didn't sit there and lay there and just hang out. She was looking for openings, looking for annoyances, looking for cross faces, neck cranks, head cranks, face cranks. She was constantly working to do something. It wasn't necessarily submission-based, 
that she was constantly looking to be like, I'm going to beat you up in a place that you cannot do any damage to me. And I thought that was a great game plan for Viviana Arujo. So, um, yeah, Jennifer Maya, on the other hand, I don't I don't see her probably working her way back up the, uh, the flyweight division and probably getting any of these big-time fights. Had she won this one, maybe that was a last-chance effort. But after this, unfortunately, I just don't see it in the cards for her. Um, but you never know. MMA is a, or UFC is a crazy game. MMA is a crazy game. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, it could take one win to catapult you back into the stratosphere. So, um, but congratulations to Viviana. And also, side note, she looked absolutely jacked. Did you notice that? Yeah. She, I was scared. I would be scared to get in the ring with that woman. Oh, my God. She looked flawless. She's been in the weight room or doing something. And, and I think that it truly showed. I mean, she was able to just manhandle uh, – uh, Jennifer Maya in certain positions and uh, who knows I don't know I'm I don't know if that was uh, something a little extra they added I don't know if uh, maybe uh, the, the the lack of USADA now uh, no longer being with the UFC played a little part in that but uh, no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding that was that was all her that was all game that was all great absolutely and you know like I was saying I think what I was most impressed about was her ability to change up the game plan a little bit yeah. you know she her last two fights against Alexa Grasso and Amanda Hibas um you know, obviously weren't the best for her because those are two, you know, Mexican born straight boxers that are going to come for you, but they also are tough as nails. Right. Yeah. So I think shout out to Arujo for switching up the game plan, taking Maya down um, because you, if she was able to do that against, you know, he or against Grasso, that fight could have been a little bit different as far as yes. if she would have been able to get the same type of control that she got this fight. So maybe she's able to work her way back up to the rankings. She's still got a lot of time to go, but Blake, it's time to play. Yes, the bonus. So we have uh, two performance bonuses and then one fight of the night. So I'll let you take it away. Okay, so two performance bonuses, one fight of the night. I think I'm going to give it to all the knockouts. I believe that uh, Michelle Pajeda gets a performance bonus. I believe that Terrence McKinney gets a performance bonus, and obviously Fight of the Night is going to the main card, the main event, the two battling brawlers, Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barbosa. You got two out of three, but it oh. should have been it should have been three out of three. Um, he gave the other performance bonus to Jonathan Martinez. Jonathan Martinez. Okay, yes. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I get it. Yes. It was it was impressive. I, maybe I just overlooked that one. I, I, was, I was enamored by the quick knockouts, but not the not the technical performances, but I like both though. You got to have a little bit of both. I think, um, I think he definitely um, deserved it. Terrence McKinney. I mean, 20 seconds, he dropped him in almost six. Yeah. I think it was at the six second mark. He was down. I think if Terrence didn't kind of go for the walk-off celebration, he could have got that fight done shorter than 20 seconds. Mm. was a lot of fun, but Blake, as always, my man, it's been a pleasure doing these shows with you next week. We have Abu Dhabi. Oh, we got, my- Alexander the Great Volkanovsky stepping up in short notice mm-hmm. against Islam Mahachev. And in the co-main event, man, I didn't think you could take this show from an A and make it an A+. Shout out to my friend Elias Blanco for that line. But this was honestly, this honestly lines up to be a better matchup. Like, Maro yes. Usman versus Hamzat Shemaev, that intrigues me so much more than Paulo Costa versus Hamzat Shemaev. And I was already extremely intrigued by that matchup so i think that's going to be a fun matchup i think we're down for an extremely exciting abu dhabi card next weekend man i am super excited closing thoughts before we head out here tonight man 
Closing thoughts is you took a you took a UFC 294 fight card that I was already pumped for. Two guys fell out. I was disappointed. I was like, man, I was really excited. Oh my god, look at the replacements! This just went from amazing to spectacular. Like I, I cannot believe one, the Volkanovsky just makes sense. That one just makes sense. It was the Usman stepping in that made this motherfucker a mystery to be solved and waited upon. Because I am so intrigued to see that matchup. Hamza Jamayev can be a killer on the feet. Kamara Usman has a lot of power, obviously an amazing wrestler. How he mixes those together to, to uh, fight a guy like Chamayev. And not only on top of that, you get a young a young gun in Chamayev, who's a hungry dog in a, in a grown man's game, versus the veteran Usman, the champion Usman, the former champion Usman. Also making his debut at 185. How yes. much bigger is this man going to look with 15 pounds extra muscle? He's going to be massive, and that's what I'm so excited for. This is going to be a new Usman that we've never seen, a Chemayev fighting an opponent. We've never seen him fight the likes of this. Like, I mean, if my brain could have fucking steam coming out of it and my top blown off right now, I would because that's how much this is going to excite me. And then all the other great – I mean, that's just two fights. All the other good fights on the card are going to be fantastic as well. But, but yeah, man, this just it, – it's going to be fantastic. Obviously, I'm super excited for Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, Islam Makachev rematch. The first one was so close. I think I can't remember if you and me had differing opinions. Um, I think I was leaning towards Volkov. Yeah, I think you had Makachev in the decision. But either way, that was a fight that needs to be ran back. And why not? Why why wait? Sooner rather than later, my man. And he stepped up at the perfect time in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be fucking amazing. Run it back and run it through like browsers, baby. I want to see it again and again and again. Give me Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makhachev. Five days out of the five days out of the week, um, you know, Monday through Friday. I'd love to see that. But Blake, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Everybody for watching. Thank you guys as always. Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you can find us follow Fight Bananas on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. You're gonna see Dave's brand new Fight Banana show. I think on Tuesdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. He has different yes, UFC fighters. He's had uh, Mike Cuddles with. Um, I'm blanking on her name, Julian. Um, um, wow, um, she's going to choke me out. Absolutely choke me out. <laughs> but um, yeah, but a lot of different shows, obviously, as well. He's got L. Dawson. Um, he's got a, a bunch of different people coming out there on the show. So make sure you guys come check it out. I'm blanking all of the names. I'm going to get beat up by all these people that are actual fighters. And so you might not see me on the next show. If I'm dead, that's, that's the reason why. But thank you guys always for checking us out. And we'll see you guys after the next fight. Peace.